This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tank at Polish Phenom. The O's are zeros. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. So Tank, uh, thank you for joining me on on the Obsessive Viewer. Uh, to clarify, uh, my co-host Mike and Tiny they uh, they had other th- they they were preoccupied today. They they were sick and, and tired and not of me, but they were just you know ill. <laughs> let's, let's be honest, they're in a hot tub somewhere getting uh, they are away from the cold. <laughs> I you know I join them if I could, but yeah yeah. So for for some background, you are the co-host of the title pending movie podcast, a podcast that I've referenced several times on our show. <laughs> um, and you also you also write and record for Under Scoop Fire. Well, um, I haven't written much in a while, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. that, that's that's uh, one of those New Year's resolution type of things. Uh, but yes, we we do the podcast over at Under Scoop Fire as well. It's uh, basically when it first started out, we were doing a lot of pop culture, nostalgia stuff, but now it's, we'd still do that, but it's, it's basically just th- three to four guys that have known each other for so long mm-hmm. and we could just, you know, not see each other for months, but then get back on the podcast and it's like, we, you know, we, we saw each other yesterday. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, we just, uh. Gab like uh, schoolgirls. What? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. Nice. But, uh, yeah. So that, and then uh, yeah, the title pending movie podcast. Nice. Uh, with uh, Tank and Fogs, and we um, sporadically do uh, episodes about the newest releases, uh, mm-hmm. depending on what we've seen. We have busier schedules now. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, we we try and uh, have a little fun with the with the old Hollywood uh, business there. But uh, nice. Well, it's great. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and uh, and. Preemptive congratulations, I guess, uh, for your soon to be 100th episode. Yes, uh, right around the corner. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's a pretty, that's a big one. I can't, like, we're on, like, episode 39, I think, of ours. Um, so, and it's kind of like, how, how the hell did we get this far? <laughs> uh, so I can't even imagine almost 100 episodes. Are you guys planning anything special or anything like that? Uh, it, it all depends on, uh, our time, uh, with, yeah. uh, Fogs's job and, uh, basically m- mainly Fogs's job, but, uh, yeah. it's just, it's harder to get to every single release now. And to be honest with you, a lot of the releases are kind of garbagey. Right. That's a new word. Uh, <laughs> so we, we kind of pick or choose, but, uh, right. I, we got some stuff in the pipeline. That's good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, and I'm, like I told you yesterday, I was planning on watching about time, but, I can respect the whole time constraints of, of like you guys having having a lot going on because I mean I've I haven't been able to watch hardly anything the last couple of weeks because I've la- like I launched a, a kind of a sister site or, or a spinoff site I guess of, of obsessiveviewer.com. It's just the blog I write for um, sometimes, <laughs> but or it's I created it and I I write for it as much as I can, but it's kind of hectic because I mean my schedule and all that stuff. So I launched a sister site with, with, with some friends and it's all for book reviews. It's obsessivebooknerd.com. 
And it's like between that, the podcast, blogging, and actually reading stuff for the book site and trying to watch stuff for for this, it's kind of like it's eating up all my time. So right, it's kind of it's kind of hectic, but uh, but I love it. I, I it's a labor of love, and uh, yeah. So and then thank you for coming on again. Yeah. Um. So let's get let's get started. I guess. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to just have a general talk, I guess, about TV because. Like, uh, I listen to TPMP and I, I love it. And, uh, I noticed on Twitter that you watch a lot of TV and I figured, <laughs> why don't we have them on to talk about TV? Cause this is, uh, I do, I do unfortunately watch a lot or, or <laughs> maybe not unfortunately, but well, you know, the way TV is today, it's kind of it, the art form is, has grown so much. So I think you can go fortunately. Okay. That. Yeah. So, well, I, it's, it's amazing how in some, in some ways, TV is better than movies these days. Just it is the it's, quality. I mean, when you got when you're pulling people like Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, yes. McConaughey from from movies to to do a an anthology series for HBO, you, yeah. you know you're doing something right. It's and that show's incredible. True Detective. I've I'm two episodes behind, but oh my god, <laughs> I know <laughs> I, I'm one episode <laughs> behind. But the the next the next one you're gonna watch, yeah. there's this. I don't know if you've read about it, but there's this tracking shot that just yes. will blow your mind. Yeah, I've I've heard about that. Uh, uh, Tiny, my my co-host, one of my co-hosts, he he was raving about that, and I was like, I'll watch it as soon as I can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can't I can't wait, especially the way the third episode ended. That that show has some incredible like monologues, and it's it's so it's haunting. Uh, just the way that it it even incorporates some horror elements to it. That it's it's just incredibly right. impressive. Well, it looks like uh, McConaughey might be setting up for the EGOT. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh man, <laughs> not yeah. sure what what Broadway play he would do. But that's uh, the that's the question. Or or Grammy actually. <laughs> but Maybe the, he can. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, I believe it. I believe that he yeah. could go for that. Uh, it was a story about his life. No. Call it like. Uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> exactly. The story of Matthew McConaughey. Maybe. Yes. I love it. I love it. Tickets sold. Um, uh, what do you think of, uh, um, I know I said TV, but I mean, I mean, move over to, to this a little bit, but how do you feel about his career, man? It's, it's insane the way that he's kind of had this big resurgence. Um, I, I've, I'm, I've always been a big fan of his. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's cool that he can go from the romantic comedies to mm-hmm. something more powerful like Dallas Buyers Club or yeah. Mud mm-hmm. or, uh, what was that one? Killer Joe's Intense. So, yeah, uh, I haven't seen that one yet. I guess maybe he was just setting that up and just do, do the studio flicks and now he can, he's made enough money where he can pick or choose the quality yeah. projects. Oh yeah. That's great. It's smart. I would love to, I would love to hear him talk about just the, trajectory trajectory wow of his uh, <laughs> of his career because it's it's fascinating to me to see to see actors kind of turn make turns in their careers and kind of i mean like even like robert downey jr he he oh my uh, god yeah it's insane it's 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 he, he, he in all intensive purposes should be dead yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's so, uh, <laughs> ever since uh i mean kick, uh, kiss kiss bang bang mm-hmm He's just oh, that movie's so great. Yeah, uh, I need I need to work that into my my Christmas uh, uh, 
Me movie, too. Movie watching. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very brief, but it, it's still pertinent. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it in such a long time. Same here. Um, I'm yeah. actually the guy that owns uh, the Robert Downey music CD. I'm oh, really? <laughs> wow. It's, you know what? It's quality. It's 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 nice. big bangy kind of. Uh, That's awesome. I don't, I don't want to say Nat King Cole, but it, mm-hmm. he's got a great voice. and That's cool. He does a decent job. Huh. Nice. Um. So yeah, True Detective is is fantastic. It's uh, I I'm so excited for, I'm I'm so happy that HBO got it. We talked about it on the on the podcast a, a few episodes ago, but I mean I'm so happy that HBO got it because I know that it was a big, um, bidding war I guess with FX and some other uh, channels, and it's like only HBO can do something like this. I'm so glad HBO got it. Yeah. Pervy McPervic did, but uh, <laughs> the uh, Alexandria Daddario yes. stuff. <laughs> that was uh that was very very incredible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it, it's I'm so excited for and I, like you said, it's going to be an anthology series apparently, or that's the plan. I right, read so I'm not sure one. if those like I don't know if they're going to take the American Horror Story route where mm-hmm. Woody and Matthew play different characters or yeah. is it just going to be the, the tone of the show? I'm not, not quite sure, but I, yeah, me co- co- color me intrigued. Exactly. I would love it. As to the kids see. say. Yeah. I would love it to see. I would love to see them do like a, uh, whole new cast, whole new case, whole new everything. Um, and kind of just, just do different eras, I guess. Um, Ooh. How, would, how about like a De Niro Pacino 1950s? Oh, man crime thriller oh that would be incre- that would be incredible oh man there's, wow. there's a podcast to put together <laughs> your dream your dream yes. tr- dream true detective uh cast yes i love it i love it i'm on board um <laughs> but yeah that it would just it'll be cool to see uh to see what happens because i know that the the showrunner got an overall deal with hbo for like two years Nice. Um, and I assume by this point that it had to have been renewed or they might be holding. It has to. Have the, a, buzz, the buzz is too good. I yeah. Mean, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy that it's huge because, I mean, you have like shows that are like incredible that no one watches. Right. And, Don't uh, trust me. I mean, I'm a big Pushing Daisies guy. I know. That oh, always yeah? breaks my heart that I never got true closure from that. Right. And I've never seen Pushing Daisies. It was from uh, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld from okay. uh, and Black Fame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounded like and, an uh, and Brian famous. Fuller. I'm sorry, he's the main okay. guy. He's nice. doing uh, Hannibal. Right now. Oh yeah, I need to watch Hannibal. Um, I had this whole idea that I would be like, okay, well, I'm going to read all the books, I'm going to watch <laughs> the movies, and then I'm going to watch the show. I'm like, that's insane. That's like a year's worth of. It is. I have such a weird brain with this kind of thing. I need to go chronologically. I can't, I can never jump into a TV show midway through anything. I have to start at the very beginning. Like, and that's why I don't get into comics because I feel like I would just go insane. Um, oh, I, I love comics, but that's never been something I've gotten into. I, I have yeah. sparing here, here and there, but, uh, it's it's just too many titles. It, yeah. I know I have friends with so many long boxes it'll blow your mind. Yeah, I've seen uh uh some friends' collection that it's 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 insane. I used to collect them like as a kid 
I would go to like this little this little shop whenever my mom went and bought groceries, and I'd like. Oh yeah. I would the, just little, go. the little spinning rack. Yeah, and they'd have like little, little like drawers and stuff, and I'd go and I'd thumb through it, and I'd pick like one that I would get, and this accumulated over like three years, and I just had like a huge box just filled with them, and I'm like, I've read maybe a quarter of this, <laughs> if that. And if, you're, and if you're missing an issue, it's like, oh, but then there's exactly. like 15 different Batman titles, and yes. they all. It's yeah. <laughs> it's it's a money hog. And now that I know now that I'm an adult and I have my own source of money, it's like, okay, I can't get sucked into this. Right. <laughs> for all. me it's for me it's toys, so that's nice. <laughs> nice. And uh board games. Nice. Awesome. Um yeah, for me for me right now it's just it, DVDs and stuff. I just got the third season of uh um Game of Thrones on Blu ray today. Nice. nice. I actually got it yesterday because I pre ordered it from Amazon and I was all excited about it. Um, but then even then, like I'm, I just finished the first season, like rewatching the first season and even like, cause, and I feel like pressed for time because I need to rewatch the second season and the third season. I want to watch all the special features and all this stuff while also dealing with Netflix and, and house of cards and <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I started house of cards, got through three episodes and this week I have a community quiz mm-hmm. uh, a pub quiz all about the show community nice and, and uh i had to start cramming i mean i've seen <laughs> all the seasons but i i know there's gonna be something i miss and i yeah started just punching out season i'm going backwards That's it's awesome. weird i watch season four and now i'm on to season three and then i'm gonna i don't know if nice. i'll be able to fit in two and one but hopefully my my teammates can pick up the slack on that one. right if you need anything just like discreetly tweet me or something and i'll be able to give you all the information <laughs> I think they're staunch about the whole wow. cell phone thing, especially in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love community. It's nice. I was a huge, I was a huge like supporter of it, like before it aired. Cause like at the time, like at the, at the time, I, I don't know if you watched it at the beginning or anything, yep. but I, I saw it when the Facebook nice. showing the premiere episode. <laughs> That's awesome. I got it on a uh, on PS uh, PSN when they had a nice. promotional thing like a week in advance. I was like, this show's awesome. But <laughs> like months in advance, I saw like the like HBO or not HBO. Wow. NBC did their did their kind of upfronts and all that and they had their right. their uh their trailers and everything. So I saw a trailer for the for the premiere and like at the time, I was taking some classes at a community college and I was kind of <laughs> I mean, I was kind of dogging it a little bit, but I mean, it was something to do. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like, I don't know what I really want to do with my life. And I'm kind of doing, I'm just list, listless here. And I'm kind of, <laughs> right. it was just, it was a disaster. And I was like, this seems like it could apply to me. And then I started watching it and then I watched it transform into this just incredible, um, pop culture, uh, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Time ca- time capsule. Time capsule. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh and it, it it just infused all these things that I loved so much about like like I connect with Abed because he right has this <laughs> weird brain for all kinds of all kinds of media that he consumes and I'm well, like there's moments where I'll I'll remember something from a movie and and I'll stop myself and be like I have no business remembering who played that role in a movie yes. that came out 25 years ago. Why? Yes. Why? Why do I remember that? 
Oh yeah, I'm the same way. It's and I drive my friends crazy about it. It's like part of the mission statement of my website was okay. Right. This is just an outlet for all of my insanity that I bug my friends with. Uh, so that's but that's, yeah, it's one of those shows that you know it was a show about a community college and like mm-hmm. haha, funny, funny. You know, Chevy right. Chase and Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. But then Dan Harmon slipped in. I'm gonna have these homages to yes. westerns and action movies and oh yeah david fincher movie and as a movie <laughs> guy it's just it just spoke to me so that's why oh, it's yeah. easily right now personally in my top 10 of all time because oh just, me too yeah like before it before it started i was a huge fan of of rest of development obviously like yes. anyone still are still am yeah. oh oh absolutely yeah. and i mean just the density of of jokes in Arrested development and the way that it all weaved together in such a such a way that was clearly planned, but it, it played out like it played out with an effortlessness that was is just awe inspiring because you go back and you see all these connections and everything, and then community kind of it didn't it didn't overtake Arrested Development for me, but it basically found filled, its place. filled a void for me at least exactly that's yeah. exactly what it did. It kind of just it kind of found its place near it near it for me that i was like this show is just i i can't believe it and then like they started having these kind of like in the second or third episode they had like the heartfelt like abed and his parents storyline and i'm like this is making me kind of like connect to the characters in such a way that i wasn't (laughs) expecting to and it's getting a little dusty in the the living room exactly yes and it was like I, i just i was so happy and i was so happy that it was so so good and then it had all these kind of uh kind of you can kind of tell and you can kind of tell the problems that it had like it wasn't finding its audience that well then uh the internet kind of ran with it and it became kind of the internet's favorite show um so it kind of it survived for five seasons and i don't know how much longer it's gonna gonna last but you know i think at this point they gotta go uh six seasons in a movie absolutely they need to they need to fulfill their prophecy Um, (laughs) i don't know what kind of like if it is a movie i don't think it'll go theatrical i think maybe they'll have like some two-hour closure yeah uh, on on a saturday at 3 a.m just because the ratings are still in the toilet but right i I think it holds steady with with the demographics even up against stuff like uh american idol or uh Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Big Bang Theory. That's <laughs> the best thing about Big Bang Theory for me is the theme song. <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. But the show is just. Well, I don't want to offend anybody that that is fans. I, right, I have right. given it a chance. I watched two episodes back to back. I just didn't laugh. But God bless people that that enjoy it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a huge phenomenon, and you know that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. Like honestly, I watched like four seasons of it just to have it playing in the background, um, and it was it was just, I mean, it reached a point where I was watching it and I was DVRing it and all that, and then I w- I would watch it and it would just be the same thing over and over again, um, and I kind of I kind of uh, uh, make fun of my friends a little bit or not make fun of them, but I kind of give I kind of give like like tiny some some crap about it and i'm like so is that episode is is this the episode where the guy still lives with his parents or still lives with his mom because that's really really hilarious that he that he still does that and it's five seasons and then 
It's like, oh, is this the episode where Raj can't talk to girls unless he's drunk? Because uh, that's <laughs> comedy gold. Yeah, it's just it's it's such a weird thing. And I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, if you like the show, it's if it's for you, that's cool. But I mean, it's kind of just it reaches a point where it's kind of derivative of of itself. And it's a, it's a CBS comedy, and yeah. most CBS comedies have the same. You know, set up and yeah. it, again, not my thing, but I've never, right. I, I like stuff that other people think is dumb. So yeah. I, I, I'm never going to judge anybody. Exactly. We just, we actually just recorded a, uh, a guilty pleasures episode. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, that didn't come up or anything, but I mean, stuff came up that's, it's like, you know, you can't really, can't really make fun of someone for what they like. Cause that's, I mean, that's crappy, but I mean, you can make fun of the, the art of what, it is right you can (laughs) (laughs) you can find loopholes to it right (laughs) um so yeah it's it's and i mean i don't know it's it's what it's weird that cbs is such a successful network to me i mean they're i mean they have like all these huge shows that are huge hits and none of them i'm interested in i don't think i watch a single thing yeah I, I, i did watch crazy people the robin williams show oh yeah it's it's very funny, but it got to a point where I was like, "All right, every episode's the same. I'm not really yeah. getting anything from this that I'm going to take with me into, you know, daily life." I guess I don't know. It's a weird scenario, right. but uh, okay, I, I tapped out. But it was just also based on I have so much that I watch that I, yeah. I needed to make some cuts, and I I felt okay. that I could go without. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same way with a lot of things. Um, although I should say. I do watch How I Met Your Mother religiously, and I think it's like one of the best sitcoms. If uh, of all the CBS shows, that's one I kind of wish I kept up with. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, nice. Um, Are you gonna watch the uh, How I Met Your Father? I, you know, I actually posted a posted a, a blog about that when it when it was announced, and I was like, okay, this is my kind of apologist way of saying that it could be good. <laughs> well, with the casting of, uh, I think her name's uh, Greta Gerwig. She's yeah. an excellent indie actress. Oh yeah. She's that's, awesome. That's a, that's a push. Yeah. That's a big my, get. My eyes. Yeah. And I read the, kind of the character, the character details and it's kind of like, I don't know. Some of it's like maybe the, maybe the way the article was written kind of skewed it, but it's like, meet your new, meet your new gang. This is, this is, this shows Ted Mosby. This is, this shows, Marshall and I'm like, don't do that. Yeah, they can't do that. Yeah, it's because then mean, it's just going to be comparative. Like, well, he's not exactly. as funny as Birdie, or... <laughs> right? And they and they kind of set it up that way. Like that, you have these archetypes that they have in the character descriptions that are clearly like, like it's like the girl is. This is the thing that I could connect to the most for it is that the girl is this. Uh, she just got divorced and she's um, she's she's finding finding out what she wants to do with her life. And I can, I can connect with that as, as a storytelling element. Cause that's, I mean, I'm 27 years old. I'm still looking for what I want to do with my life. <laughs> so it's kind of that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it for that. But then I see things like, so she moves in with her brother and, and his wife and, um, and she, she has a, uh, a best friend who's in love with her. And then she has another oh, friend. Really? <laughs> yeah. And and she has like another friend that's like a partier, and I'm like, okay, that's gonna be kind of like the Barney character, and so I don't know. I have faith. I have full faith in the in the writers of of How I Met Your Mother because they, I mean, they've 
delivered such an incredible sitcom f- for me. I mean, I like I recommend going back and checking it out because it's okay. it's the storytelling. They have this unreliable narrator, and he makes it like so it makes them jump in time a lot, and they have these really incredible heartfelt moments where it's like. To borrow your phrasing, it gets a little dusty in my, in my living room, but it's kind of, it's, it's really heartfelt. They have these really great heartfelt moments and it's, it's really incredible. Maybe they'll pull a, a Kaiser Soze. He's just been making up everything throughout the <laughs> Yes. I have, I have, I have so many theories for that. Like I have, uh, I, like I, I keep thinking like it would be so, I mean, it would be a big like screw you to the audience, but it would be, <laughs> It'd be hilarious if it turned out that like they were just like the kids were just volunteers at like this mental ward and they were just appeasing this, this patient. And so that's why it's taken him like 10 years to tell the story or nine years. Um, so yeah, so I'm kind of like they, they can, they can kind of do their, do whatever they want. And I'll still, I'll still appreciate it, but they're, they're rushing toward a, a finale that's going to be really incredible. They just had a really great episode a couple of weeks ago that was just, oh man, it was it was incredible. It really tied together a lot of things. Um, to be vague about it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, all the episodes I have, I have uh, peeped. Uh, I have no, enjoyed it. Uh, no. I, well, I, one of my favorites was the Karate Kid episode. <laughs> oh yes, uh, which uh, was it? There's there's been a couple instances where they where they reference the Karate Kid, so I can't remember exactly which one. I don't know which one you're referring to, but every time they did, like they had um, oh wow, what is his name? Oh man, uh, oh. um, the guy who played the the villain in it. Oh, William Zabka. Yeah, yeah, him, Johnny. He, yeah, they had him in the in the right. episode, and it was just. It's because so he because he is the true Karate Kid. Exactly, I love that. I love how Barney kind of has this this weird way of looking at movies. It's like uh, uh, it's like Die Hard. Hans Gruber. He was the he was the hero. He's the only one wearing a suit. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the Terminator. He's he's the Terminator. I or uh, he's just doing his job. Yeah, he's just doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great show, and. uh so you said you watched a few episodes of House of Cards. How how are you liking that? Uh the first episode alone it just will blow blow your mind. It's a oh, yeah. huge huge spoiler. <laughs> um but uh it's it's interesting because you're not really supposed to root for uh Frank Underwood, but he's right. just such a son of a bitch that <laughs> He really is. It's and it's so it gets to a place where it's it's really incredible to watch and it's kind of it's reflective on like audiences are kind of clamoring for still. Um, well, uh, look at Breaking Bad. I mean, yeah, everybody you shouldn't like him, but you know, <laughs> right? Damn it, Walter White's yeah, the, he's the just, man, yeah. so to speak. I mean, he's <laughs> Hal, so I mean, how can you not like him? But it's uh, it's just so it's so interesting to see how how shows are 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 clinging toward the antihero that it's kind of. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's really, it's really impressive how they can, how they can mold these storylines around these, for all intents and purposes, despicable characters. Um, and Frank Underwood is, he's just, he's, he's one of those. It's, it's incredible. I love that the first scene of the series is him killing a dog. Um, I just think that that's just incredible (laughs) because they have the whole, uh, 
the whole like old screenwriting uh uh trope or, or rule that's uh breaking the fourth wall kind of thing. Yeah, that. Yeah. And then they well, also at first you're thinking like, oh, this is gonna be hokey, but then you're like, oh my <laughs> god, this is actually quite brilliant. Yeah. It works. Like you go into it and you think like, is he trying to be like Zach Morris? <laughs> Time um, out. <laughs> exactly. And then you kind of realize it's more like a Shakespearean kind of, kind of thing. And it's, right. it's so, it's so cool to see like the, the wheels spinning for his manipulation and. Nice. Great, great analogy. That's, oh, wow, thank you. that's poetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, there was one point somebody said something so stupid and they just, they just <laughs> cut to him looking at us like, really? And yeah. that, that sold it for me right there. Oh yeah. I think in the second episode, he's like, He's talking to, it's such, it's so incredible the way that they kind of, the way that they mold these, these situations for him. It's like, cause he, they did the healthcare bill and then, uh, they had a draft of it and then he leaked it. He leaked it and then the writer of the draft kind of came up and was like, okay, well, you need to, like, he's manipulating him into, into telling him that he needs to, that Frank needs to handle the healthcare bill because, he, the, the guy who wrote it actually like got it leaked, uh, even though it was Frank that did it. And it's just, you can see the wheel spinning for, for Frank and he kind of turns to the camera and he's like, like the guy's, the guy's upset cause he's like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this. I did this or, or, or whatever. And then he's like, he says something to the camera. He says, um, the only thing, the only thing a martyr wants more than anything or something is a blade to fall on. And he's just like, and then he right. says, he says something to him and it's like, it's just like it, everything clicks and he's like, you should do this bill. And he's like, I guess I can or whatever. And it's just, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so great. Like the writing is so incredible. Um, and I'm excited for you to watch, watch the rest of it. Cause it's, it's even the first season is just incredible. And I keep, I'm like, I'm six or seven episodes into my, my rewatch of it. Cause I, I wanted to rewatch it before the new season and, but I, I ran out of time and I'm hearing all this stuff that's like, Oh, the <laughs> second season's incredible. And I'm like, all right, well, calm down. I'm, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm trying to get to it as fast as I can. But right, yeah. Right. What do you, uh, what do you think of Netflix in general? Like, cause they're doing this whole original programming thing that's just like, it's, it's honestly, it's the reason I started my my blog because <laughs> i had like all these feelings about it built up and i needed to just like kind of <laughs> throw it onto the internet so what do you think of netflix's original programming uh with house of cards and and it's not original but arrested development yeah. and i recently finished orange is the new black oh yeah I, I just think uh the creators of these shows uh don't have to worry about the confines of, of of the network TV so they can just, mm-hmm. just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. And that, I think that's just opening up the creativity process with these guys and it's working. I absolutely agree. It's, it's, it's really incredible to watch. And like, I was geeking out so hard when, when House of Cards premiered because I was just like, um, I was just like, this is, it's insane to me to see the runtime of episodes because it's like, one episode's like 50, 57 minutes or something. Another episode's like 50 minutes. Another episode is 48 minutes. And I'm just like, like, I'm trying to think, like, how is it going to, 
how is it going to function as a TV series? Because, or how are they? How is the writing going to be different from a conventional TV series? Because they don't have to write to commercial breaks. They don't need to write uh, to fill a time slot. It's just they're writing to write what they what they want, and that really, to me, uh, it really shows through in in the in the final product. Because I mean, they don't waste any time, any amount of screen time. It's it's like I feel like feel like television has reached a point where it can be film like but it's still under the confines of these networks and these these network rules and these network time slots and everything and i feel like netflix is kind of that next level kind of thing where it can be a film it can be film like without these these kind of pressure pressures from everything um, right. in these confines and it can be like its truest form pretty much right. um and I'm so I'm so happy that Netflix is finding success with it because it's it was a gamble. Um, they spent like they spent like millions and millions of dollars on on House of Cards because um, they bought it for two seasons and then they just renewed it for a third season. Yeah, before the uh, second season even aired. Yeah, it's like <laughs> and I love I love that it's such a hit because I mean it it was a gamble and and you read stuff about how it's filmed and. Because it had like two, uh, a director tackles two episodes, and it's a very director-driven yes. show, and it's just it's so it's so cool to see them buck the trends with with all these uh, like buck the conventions and everything. It's it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, as, well, a, as a TV, even Hulu and uh, and Amazon, yeah, it, it's just there's going to be a point where I you know even though Comcast just bought Time Warner, like mm-hmm. you necessarily don't need cable i mean with internet and right just all these shows on there yeah you'd easily just play off of your your computer or smart tv absolutely it's it's and i feel like that terrifies that terrifies cable companies to no end um <laughs> and it's kind of cool to see them kind of kind of shaking because um, it's i hope that it would force them to rethink their their structures like i'm a huge huge um d- uh, uh uh detractor i guess of of the nielsen rating system i think that it's such a mess such an outdated thing we have the technology that we can track these things more thoroughly but advertisers are kind of running things with with television on on tv right. and it's kind of this they're they're held up to this net the the nielsen ratings and i'm like like probably july or august i got in the mail like a nielsen thing from nielsen saying hey we want to be part of the survey yeah wow and i was all like this is the first time i've ever seen anything related to nielsen in my entire life um or i mean like i've ever like i've never known anyone that was a nielsen family and growing up in this small town in, in, in indiana it's like it makes me feel like Okay, I can tell everybody that I know to watch this show, and it's still gonna fail, and it's still not going to get, <laughs> it's not gonna make any difference whatsoever. Um, so I always kind of felt that way about it, and then I got this Nielsen thing, and it's like, okay, well, we want you to make a diary and all that, and so I'm like, filling out the diary and everything, and then I'm just realizing, like, this is, eat, like, it's all based on the honor system. It's like, I can sit here and write down, okay, I watched, I watched all this stuff, and then never turn on my TV and never watch their precious advertising. <laughs> um, and it's just like, I mean, it's, it's so, 
outdated. I mean, it's, it's a physical notebook that they give you, a physical journal to write down stuff. And I mean, there's different levels to it that they can, they can do this, uh, they can put on, they can track it, but it's also like, it's so unnecessary. I mean, just thinking about how they, how they can analyze that data. I mean, they have to have people on the payroll that are just combing through these journals. And it's like, dude, Excel, um, get like a spreadsheet or something going or get some kind of online thing. Like, I think that like a, uh, like get glue and, and social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it's now TV tag, but right. I think that could be a great, way to measure how it is. I mean, it's not as exact as like as statistics or, or as a right. data like that, but I mean, I feel like it's indicative of what's popular. Well, I'm glad some, some execs uh, are using social media to yeah. whether to re-up a show. I mean, I, community is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. That, that show should not be on TV anymore. The fact <laughs> that we've gotten this many seasons is amazing. So oh, yeah. I, I think the cult status and the, the champion that people bring to these shows uh shows yeah, <laughs> show I, shows <laughs> i absolutely agree and it's uh it's cool to live in this kind of time period where it's like you can sense like a shift in entertainment uh at least small screen entertainment although right. you can't even say it's small screen anymore because everyone has a big screen tv <laughs> um but it's it's this it's just really incredible to see how it's grown and it's kind of I mean, like, even like today, it's like with Netflix, they've kind of, they've kind of, uh, made, made binge watching kind of this buzzword that everyone's talking, like, everyone's like, oh, I binge watched this show in a season. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel like kind of a, kind of an elitist or whatever, but I'm like, I was doing that for years. <laughs> it's like people made fun of me for watching an entire season in a day. And, you know, it's like, look at me now, mom. But. <laughs> It's kind of, it's kind of this thing that's like, it's like, it's, it's trendy now and it's kind of, people are consuming these, these high quality shows at, at such a high rate that it's, it's really, it's really cool to see how, I mean, shows are getting, are are being able to take chances and, and do these things that, I mean, like 10 years ago, five, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to, um, have an episode of a sitcom revolve around paintball. (laughs) <laughs> and then it'd be like this big action movie kind of thing. You couldn't do that. And, and it's, I mean, it's probably the most popular episode of community. And it's the episode that I give people to, to, uh, to watch to, um, really get into the show. Cause I mean, it's such a perfect episode. That's a good call. I, I I'm a big fan of the, uh, the dice, the, they're oh, at uh, Abed yes. and Troy's apartment, and they have to roll the dice to see who gets the pizza. The yes. different timelines. That's one of my favorite episodes. It's just, it's just brilliant. Oh yeah, oh, I love it so much. Um, and I, I love that it kind of keeps coming back into play, like later in the in the season, <laughs> right? Seasons, but <laughs> call callbacks. Yes, uh, that episode is just great. That the Dungeons and Dragons episode is yes. so awesome. Um, so I just love that they can have these high concepts. Uh, episodes in in the sitcom that's that's i mean they even had like the bottle episode it's just it's amazing that they can play with this common um television kind of standard of television to kind of make this like tv has the has this thing where they have bottle episodes where they 
create an episode specifically with the central cast without any guest stars in, the, in one central location to save time and money um, and all that. And then Community t- takes that and flips it on its ear and makes it into a thing that it makes its, it makes it its own thing. And that's the great thing about Community for me is that it can make these things its own thing while also honoring the history of their medium, I guess. Right. Or poking fun at it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what other shows are you into? Oof. Um, it's too many. Uh, <laughs> big fan of Sleepy Hollow from uh, this first season. Is oh, yeah? Amazing. Amazing. Nice. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard good things. It, they did the right thing where uh, it was uh, quality over quantity. They only did like 13, 14 episodes. And I, oh, I feel wow. like more shows, more genre shows at least, should do that because I think that's – where the fatigue sets in something like yeah. as much as I've, I've enjoyed grim mm-hmm. it's like 22 episodes and it just gets to a point where it's like oh man yeah. i mean jeez they're doing this whole they're like networks seem to be pushing this uh like i know i know last summer they had uh uh well i'll get to that in a second cuz i want to talk to you about about sleepy hollow i guess but uh is like i've heard good things and i watched the trailer before it started and i was like this could be good, but it seems kind of not hokey, but it seems like, like why make it present day? Um, it, it, it works. I does mean, it? It, it nice. took a couple, like I always liked the show, but it did take a couple episodes to find its footing. Okay. And now they're doing this revisionist history type stuff where they're saying that nice. Paul Revere wasn't necessarily letting us know about the British coming. They were letting us know about, he was letting us know about the coming of the apocalypse and this stuff about George Washington was involved and he hid this special device and, and there's been these twists in the show that have just blown my son and myself away where we're like, didn't see it coming. And for a show in this day and age with the internet and social media to surprise you is just, is attributed to the, to the writers. Nice. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. Cause I like, I'm, I'm a big fan of John Cho. As yes, yeah. a dramatic actor, I think he could be great. Uh, cause I, I don't know if you watched the show Flash Forward. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. Uh, another one of those genre shows that probably could have benefited from a shorter <laughs> Yeah, uh, it really could. Schedule. Like that, I kind of, I kind of view Flash Forward as being like kind of the, a big, a big misstep. Cause it could have been so great and it was great for a few episodes. Right. Um, here and there. The pilot was, was fantastic. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, but then it kind of, kind of got bogged down with some, some of these kind of, a few kind of episodic kind of side stories and all this. And some of the character interactions weren't that great, but it could have been, it could have been the next lost, which I need to tell you up front right now. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of lost. I'm an apologist for the fun finale. Nice. It worked for me it was, again, but that show could have benefited from maybe just 15 episode seasons. You know, there at the end, the last few seasons, they had these shortened seasons that were, right. it was when they started f- figuring out things and they, they kind of had this, they had their end date set and it's like, you can tell like it just ramps up and there's like no more filler episodes. And it was just, it was fantastic. And I, right. I love that about it. And, uh, and I mean, I, I love the show. I, I, and the finale is just, it's one of, it's, it's perfect for what the show was. And right. people. Sure, could, there were some loose, loose ends they could yeah. have tied, but for me, that, again, to, to, yeah, what you're saying was perfect and oh, beautiful. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Like I, I mean, I, I mean, I'd watch it. And even like today, if I were to go back and watch it, I mean, I would get just teary eyed throughout the oh, yes. entire episode. Like, uh, I mean, no spoilers or anything, but I mean, <laughs> well, it's been a while. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like even in the, in the beginning of the finale, even before I knew anything about, like, as I was watching it the first time and then now on subsequent reviewings of it, um, like there's a part at the beginning where Hurley and Hurley like meets Charlie. I think it's like he, like he, he goes to him or something in the, in the flash sideways or whatever, but, he like he you just see them like they see each other and it's like you just feels like all the emotions and everything it's so great <laughs> and it's like it was like it was like they made like a present for the audience like right because <laughs> like i'd spent like six years championing the show um uh that's a tough word but um no, I've been, I've, I'd been celebrating the show and I'd been talking it up and I was like, everyone's like, well, what's this small question from this one episode from three years ago? And I'm like, do you not see the character development? The character development's incredible. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's, I, I love it for what it is and I love that the finale paid tribute to the characters in such a unique way. Right. Um, but, uh, I will probably want to cut this short eventually because I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> but um, there was a point. Oh, the the shortened seasons network TV kind of seems to adopt to be adopting kind of this cable template. Mentality, yeah, yeah. It's like like last season they had. I'm also a huge Stephen King fan. And, Under the dome, right? Yes. Uh, did you watch it? I did. I started to. Uh, oh, yeah. It just got to the point where I was like, nothing really is happening, so yeah. I, I kind of tapped out on that one. But I heard it got better. It, eh, it got, it got, it got better. It, it I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that the second season is better. I, I did the foolish thing of reviewing every episode on the site, <laughs> so I kind of feel like I am going to need to do that for the second season and third season, or if there is a third season. Um, but I, I thought it was kind of cool that they had this, like they call it, they called it a mini series, even though it's just, they meant it as in a mini season. Right. And it was just like, I was, people were all like, no, it's a mini series. I'm like, no, guys, it's not, it's not a mini series. It's a mini season. It's just a shortened season. But while watching it, I, I kind of felt like, before it aired, I was like, and as I was reading the book, I was like, this could really be the next Lost. This could really be the next Lost. <laughs> and then I watched the show, and I was like, this really isn't the next Lost. This really isn't the next Lost. <laughs> but I think we need to get to a point where we need to stop calling things. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I agree, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm against that usually, but it's like also Lost was so important to me that I, I want to connect to a show like that. Like Understood. Yeah. I totally agree with that yeah. sentiment. So it's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, you can't really judge it against, judge shows against other shows like that. But in that circumstance, I was like, you know, Lost was incredible and under the dome because Lost, they, they took a lot of inspiration from, from Stephen King. And I was like, well, you know, Stephen King has a new show and it's, it's going to be from people that, that are involved. Uh, I think someone involved in Lost had something to do with it. But I was like, I was just like, maybe it'll be good. And then, I mean, it was okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm hoping they, 
to to be on a Stephen King kick. I, mm. I'm hoping they stop faking theatrical release and oh yeah, so seriously consider doing it as a lengthy yes. um, miniseries on FX, HBO, or oh yeah, anything. Because oh, I think HBO that would benefit series. better from that. Oh yeah, than that's, a movie. That's where that's where I kind of am with Stephen King because I, I love his writing. His writing is some of the like it, I love I love consuming it. It's uh oh, it's so iconic. It's such such a part of my my growing up because oh, that yeah. was that was like the key Christmas present for my old man was nice. getting the newest Stephen King book. So oh, awesome. though I haven't read as many of his books as I would like to, that mm-hmm. is just such a part of my life. Yeah, he's almost he's almost too prolific. He 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 releases stuff so much. Like he released two books last year. This year is releasing two books, and I'm like. I'm talking about rereading The Dark Tower. <laughs> I don't have time for all this new stuff. I did pick up uh, Doctor Sleep. I haven't had a chance to read nice. it because I, I, from my friends that have read it, they said it's it's amazing and the connective tissue to The Shining is mm-hmm. just perfect. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that. Um, but yeah, and I agree that he deserves to be adapted because his his storytelling is so unique. He has these characters that I call them like extraordinary ordinary characters nice uh yeah because they're thinking and they're like <laughs> that could be a good comic yeah like yeah series, the extraordinary ordinary <laughs> yeah. so he but Trademark. he has this exactly um <laughs> so he has these incredible like like characters that he de- he develops in such a great way and so organically and they're so true to to the interactions are so true to what like an actual person would do and it's it's it sucks to see that be kind of confined to a two hour movie, right? Because um, like like take The Shining for example, it's Kubrick did an incredible job, and he made one of the most one of the one of the most near perfect movies, in my opinion. Um, and it's it's one of the best horror movies of all time. But I mean, it's it's not really anything to do with the book, right? So. <laughs> and um, it's always been Stephen King's. Yeah. Uh, cross the bear. <laughs> exactly. He never really liked Kubrick's adaptation. Yeah. But. but they have, uh, and then they had the miniseries. Did you ever see the miniseries with, uh, of course, uh, with, uh, yeah, with Wings, uh, Wings McGee there. Yeah. He, uh, Stephen Weber, he was, <laughs> yes. I thought it was fantastic. Um, uh, it's, it's nineties. Well, yeah. It's nineties and it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cheesy, but in terms of adapting this, adapting the book, I thought it did a fantastic right. job. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, one final thing and I'll, I'll let you go because I don't want, like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But did you ever see Room 237? Is it the Cusack movie? No, no, that's, no, that's, uh. Oh, no, no, I know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah. No, Reel it back, Chris. It's the uh, documentary about all the conspiracy theories on yeah. The Shining. Yes. Yeah. What do um, you think of that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too big of a fan of that one. That <laughs> Me was, neither. That was a huge eye rolling movie. Yeah. Where I get what they're, they're doing but it was just like come on it was so (laughs) my you know it's funny because i i'm of the line of thinking where i'm like okay you can have these these ridiculous theories these ridiculous conspiracies and everything that's fine i'm i'll eat that up if it's presented in in a way that i'm that i i like seeing because i mean i'll 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 um i'll basically let it let it play with my mind a little bit. I'll entertain right. your thoughts. I'll, I'll entertain your your theories and everything. 
but you got to present it in a way that is is doesn't make, make you, you look like an idiot. That shit crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's basically I mean, there's it's all phone call phone call thing, phone call interviews so you don't see anyone that's talking about it. They have them all inner inner connected so like right like, that's because they're all sitting at home and naked covered in peanut butter <laughs> exactly. while they were while they were making those phone calls exactly and they have <laughs> they they don't present them like this is theory one this is theory two this is like okay this guy's theory oh and this guy's theory and then this guy's theory this this over here and oh yeah this guy theory from the beginning it's just so it was so sloppy and i mean the second time that a kid interrupted it i mean I mean, like, I have nephews. I understand. You, you, kids are, kids, kids will interrupt things that you're doing, but it's a phone interview for a movie. Right. Don't put it in the final cut. Yeah. Edit that out, please. <laughs> yes. It's like, man, it's so, it's so weird. And I, I mean, the theories are just off the wall and they're like, like they had one moment where it was like, there's a scene where, where Jack is in, is in the room and he's and the chair is up against the wall and then in the next scene it's in a different spot now you could attribute this to just general continuity errors but i think that this is this and this, this and i'm is like the moon landing yeah he's telling us that he faked it <laughs> just just uh 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 it's it's funny and like my my go-to thing with that is when they talk about the moon landing they're like you see when when you see room two th- when you see the door open to room two thirty seven you see the key ring, it says R O period, um, uh uh, and like O N somewhere or something, um, <laughs> and it, and it's like and it's like the only thing, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it said something like there were letters that it was like M O R O N. And, uh, and it was basically like, um, <laughs> and that, that stands for, uh, Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Some languages. Yeah. It's like, it, just don't come on. Yeah. They had like, they had R O and then M O N. <laughs> and then they're like, the only thing that I can think of that the only word that, that can possibly be jumbled together from those letters is moon. And I'm like, spells moon. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, but and then I'm sitting there thinking like, well, it also spells moron. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's mind blowing to me that that I I don't know. It's it's a funny experiment or yeah, it's a funny. They were able to make a movie thing. out of it. Yeah, it's it's insane. But that's the world we live in, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to. I mean, we're almost at an hour, and I don't want to, you know, take up all your time and all that. So thank you for for chatting with me, man. That's that's. Oh, I had great. a blast. I love talking yeah. TV and movies nice. and just anything pop culture. It's, nice. it's my, uh, it's my wheelhouse. So awesome. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you on when I have my co-host and all that at some point. Um, if you're, if you're willing to. Please. But, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, this has been the obsessive viewer, um, with our, with our special guest, Chris Tank, Tansky from the title pending movie podcast. And again, where, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, it's Polish Phenom, but the O's are actually zeros. Perfect. All right, great. Well, uh, thanks for chatting with me, man, and uh, hope to have you back. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Tank from the Title Pending Movie Podcast for joining me for a talk about TV uh, this week. And we went on a little bit of a tangent, 
but I had a blast. It was great actually getting to talk to him as a, as a fan of his podcast. Uh, and having listened to a majority of the 97 episodes that they released, um, I was really happy to get him on to talk. So thanks again. We hope to have him on again. Now this segment is new or it's interesting. I, I wanted to, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable releasing a full episode, uh, without Mike and tiny. And we didn't get a chance to record a, a potpourri section this week segment this week. Um, in fact, I mean like we all had stuff going on and like, like right now I'm like sick with flu like symptoms. Um, but I'm soldiering on so I can deliver you guys some Mike and tiny action, uh, this week. So what I've done is I've dug into the obsessive viewer archives. These are audio files that I've kind of kept as I'm editing the episodes and I call it our B roll. Um, okay. So the first one is from our August, August 30th episode. Um, from episode 13, sitcoms to pain and gain and kick ass two. Um, this is a short clip that, that we went on a little bit of a tangent, um, as we were kind of switching some things out and taking a break from recording, uh, the actual episode, um, where we went on a little bit of a tangent about garden state. And this is a little minute long minute, minute or so long conversation about garden state. So enjoy. But yeah. Garden state is just, I, I'm ashamed that I used to like that movie a lot. And yeah. I don't know why. I did. Uh, I mean, the first time I saw it, it was, it was that was stupid. I've only really seen it once, it. and I think I kind of liked it, but it's been so long I can't even remember. I'd probably hate it now. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't like about it is Zach Braff is he wrote directed stars in it. That's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so it, he wrote the character as being numb to any kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. So he plays the character as just this boring, bland person who his his definition of being numb to em, to emotion is just just not. Just to have a blank stare throughout every scene. Yep. <laughs> and yep. it's just like, come on, dude. Really? It spawned a million movies just like that. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Like, wait, like what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like thinking in my head of all these characters mm. that just stare. Oh, yeah, movie. yeah. The indie indie drama yeah. comedy kind of right. romance stuff, yeah. Right. And I feel like, and I, Mike, I know that you like Happy Thank You More Please or whatever. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. Yeah, okay. Okay, good. Because I feel like Zach, or not Zach Braff, but um, Ted Mosby. Um, <laughs> Josh Radner. Oh, man. Josh Radner. I feel like he's kind of going the same route. He's made these two movies that are just really kind of kind of just super douchey is the best way I can use to describe them. They're kind of pretentious. Pretentious. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Total um, That's the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, ugh, I'm not, I'm, whatever. yeah uh and i still don't like garden state or josh radner's movies i don't know he i don't know happy thank you more please was just bland and uh his other movie where he i don't know it was it was weird it was weird to me that this guy just took such a strong interest in this in this little this little kid and it just seemed so so struggling artist or, or some kind of um, 
depressive kind of guy kind of thing. I don't know. It was weird. It was, it sucked. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that clip about Garden State. This, uh, this next clip is from our episode 11, which was in August 23rd of last year. Um, it's from our Elysium episode where we talked about like, I am legend and, and we had our Yahoo answers segment where this is a, this is an interesting story behind this episode or behind this, behind this, uh, uh, clip. We had a question on Yahoo Answers about what our preferred zombie weaponry would be, and of course, being a zombie nut as I am, I, I was very excited to to talk to the guys about it. But in it, in the process of editing the episode, I decided to cut it out to save it for uh, for Shocktober because I knew that I knew that Mike was going to get married, and I knew that we were going to have be crunched for time. So I wanted to save that for our Shocktober episodes and namely our zombie episode in, in which our friend Pat from the nerds you're looking for podcast came on. Um, unfortunately in the process of switching out hard drives and, and um, backing it, backing up my files on, onto a hard drive and doing all this, all this stuff, I lost the file completely and I was convinced that it was destroyed, completely gone, never to be heard. Until like months later, way after Shocktober ended, I found it just sitting in a folder. So I've kind of been holding it tight until we had an, a situation arise where I can plug it in. And this is that situation, guys. So without further ado, here's a little five-minute uh, segment about what the obsessive viewer guys will do, how they would handle the zombie apocalypse. So enjoy. Uh, the next question, kind of going off of this ridiculous line of things, uh, or that whole thing about the motorcycles. Now I need to keep that in because, nah, <laughs> I was going to cut it out because it's so ridiculous. But um, what kind of weapons would be a good choice in a zombie apocalypse? Tiny, you mentioned that you are a gun nut, and I mentioned that I blink heavily at loud noises. Oh, no guns. <laughs> Attracts the horde. That's true. That's true. Unless you well, have a silencer, but tiny... I'll, yeah. I'll yield the floor to our resident gun nut. I will say, if you want, if you're looking for a firearm, the best answer is this is specific: a Ruger 1022 <laughs> with a with a regular stock suppressed, because it's nice and quiet. It's a subsonic round, which means it doesn't break the sound barrier, so it's quieter. Oh. And you want the standard stock because it's much. Uh, it's much heftier and uh, blunt, so you can use it as a blunt object when the zombies get too close. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that's why you want to go with a, a regular stock on a Ruger 10-22. Okay. And it's also 10, uh, 22 rounds are very small and plentiful, and they're light, so you can carry around several hundred, if not thousands, of rounds of ammunition, and it's not very heavy. I was I was going to mention that um, that's that's 22s are what uh, Max Brooks endorses yep. for the zombie apocalypse exactly. and there was a lot of um dissent in in the zombie community i believe <laughs> zombie fan community that they feel like that wouldn't be powerful enough to obliterate the the brains of of zombies because obviously you have to shoot for the brain um i like that it's lightweight and everything how in the in the ruger 1020 whatever that's a rifle correct it is yes okay how many rounds does it hold uh, you can get a magazine that holds 50 rounds. Uh, the standard magazine holds 10, but you can okay. get these very com- – I, I own one of these rifles, by the way. Nice. Um, you can get the, a common a common magazine for it you can get that holds 25 to 30 rounds. So Awesome. Okay. Uh, Mike, zombie uh, apocalypse weapon. I have a 
Louisville Slugger. Huh. With nice. my name nice. on it. Right next to my bed. I keep it next to my bed. And that's actually for intruders, but I mm-hmm. it's uh it doesn't make a sound whenever you hit anybody over the head with it. <laughs> well, yeah, do you, true. It, do you it, know it, this from experience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, no. the old uh, the old Killian Murphy. <laughs> that's right. Thing from uh, Twenty Days Later. Yeah. I think I don't know. I think maybe an axe would be even better. You know, that would be better. Yeah, I think that would be a little heavy, but You're right. I would personally go with a uh, machete. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because it's, it can be lightweight. You can, you can, it's not like a big sword that you need to learn very, very, uh, learn, learn a lot about, mm-hmm. um, in order to use it. You can, you can teach yourself how to use it and all that. And then also you can use it to like clear brushes and stuff like that. Uh, I personally think a machete is a zombie survivalist best friend. Cool. I, w- I would say, I would say I agree with you guys that that melee weapons should be the first go-to because they're quiet, but also you have the the loss of range. You have to get right up next to it, get close to it. You're right. Um, That's true. Whereas with a gun, you can keep your distance. But I mm-hmm. will say that I think uh, I, I wouldn't go with a, a machete per se. I would go with something that has a spike on it that oh, can okay. actually penetrate the skull and go into the brain so you can do it in one swoop, just one one shot oh. straight to the head and move on, one shot straight to the head and move on instead of having to, like, Whack it three, four times. That's what That's she said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I've put a lot of thought into this. Oh yeah, yeah. we've we've had discussions Stayed about up this nice. kind of stuff. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, that's interesting that you mentioned that about about um having to whack it three or four times. Um, I feel like maybe when well, yeah, I mean, machetes would be good for beheading, I guess. But I mean, they're actually not. Have you ever used a machete? Really? I haven't because I'm a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I have. No. I've done. So, I've done really? some brush clearing, and it's it's not huh. as it's not as much of a fell swoop as you think to get through really? a spinal column, which I would assume is not quite as durable as like a tree branch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I would. I, you also have to factor in. I mean, they're the Walking Dead. They're they're decaying. True. True. All very that. true. Um. That's why a twenty-two round is powerful enough to get through the skull. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll upgrade to a katana or something like that. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer for me, at Obsessive Tiny for Tiny, and at I am Mike White for Mike. Um, you can also follow our guest on Twitter. Uh, our guest this week is Tank from the Title Pending Movie Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Polish Phenom, with uh, the O's in the in the handle being zeros instead of O's. Um, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on uh, uh, or, or rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us everywhere. I just downloaded Pocket Cast, by the way, guys. This app is awesome. Not a plug or anything. They don't give me any money for it, but it's called Pocket Casts. It revolutionized the way that I switched between iTunes and my Android phone because my iPod messed up. <laughs> so, anyway, you can email us at ovpodcast at gmail.com. Anything you want, obviously. Uh, interact with us. We love it. Um, Next week is our pre-Oscars special episode in which we have clips from several, several podcasts that have graciously submitted their time to recording their um, 
their their thoughts on specific nominees. So check that out. We have I mean we have a bunch of a bunch of cool podcasts submitting. We have uh, nerd, our friends at the Nerds You're Looking For, our friends at Intermission Podcast, who they uh, they uh, they they rigged themselves up to a shot collar, uh, which is it's a super fun clip. Uh, we have Dento and the Robot, and uh, of course we have we have local Indianapolis uh, shows as well. Um, the Chris Break Show and, and Movie Buzzed. Uh, they've also submitted clips. So, and we have many others. So, it's going to be a really fun show, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and I hope you guys listen, and I hope you guys tell all your friends. And that about does it. Um, I've recorded this like three times. I can't remember if I mentioned I was sick, but I'm sick. So, I'm going to go ahead and end the episode here and pass out and hope no more fluids come out of me. So, all right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>